When we choose love and compassion, we create connection. In my Life and Laughter podcast, we find ways to choose love over fear. I'm your host, Perry Kinder. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to my podcast. This is Perry Kinder, and I am excited to talk to Tom Morrill today. I met him when we did the Bountiful TEDx Talks, and it was a terrifying and thrilling experience. And I thought his topic was so good. If you haven't seen it, look him up on YouTube. Um, His talk is excellent. (laughs) So Tom Morrill, TEDx Bountiful, go look it up. Anyway, Tom is a film and television producer, and he's always looking for projects that entertain and uplift. He started in the feature film space, but has ultimately spent the majority of his career in unscripted television, producing over 150 episodes across several different shows. Some of his shows include the travel show Painting the Town for Public Television, the documentary series Turning Point, and the feel-good show Random Acts, for both for BYU Television, with the latter just recently airing its 81st episode. That's amazing. Random Acts is a show about doing and promoting kindness, which was the topic of Tom's recent TED Talk. Tom is a devoted reader, an avid hiker, and a lover of all things water-related. Also, by some cruel series of planetary alignments, Tom recently joined the big 4-0 club. Welcome, Tom. I'm not there anymore, but I used to be, which means by decree, he is also, he now now loves pickleball. If you ask him to play, he will say yes. Tom attended Brigham Young University, where he quickly made his mark as a finalist in the Coca-Cola Refreshing Filmmakers Award. He still keeps the solid glass Coke bottle on his bookshelf which would be an awesome murder weapon, just future reference. And he graduated with a degree in media arts with an emphasis in producing. Tom is married. He has two kids and is originally from Dallas, Texas. Same Z's Dallas, Dallas native. Meant to be. Welcome Tom. Why? Thank you. Wow. Reading my bio in front of me. It's so uncomfortable, isn't it? (laughs) It's a little bit. Oh, stop talking about me. Stop guys. (laughs) Almost as uncomfortable as having to write it. Well, I'm so glad you're here. Like I mentioned, we met at the Bountiful TEDx practices. Oh my and gosh. Yeah. How yeah, are you well, feeling about that? I'm, I'm recovering. I'm in recovery still. <laughs> How was your experience? It was good. I haven't watched mine. Oh, you haven't watched it? I assume they're up. They are. I watched mine. Mine just went up like a month and a half ago. Oh, they didn't all it go took up a at the long same time. time. No. In fact, Corinne's is still not up. I had Corinne oh, on my show. She's the best. She was amazing, but she had to redub all of her sound. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So she's... In that process. And she's, she was, for any TEDx people listening, she needs to be a TED speaker. So yeah, get her on the TED stage. Why she was, you know, slamming yeah. it with us. I know, us beginners, that's like <laughs> yeah. schlepping with us, but yeah. it was pretty cool. She's curing cancer. <laughs> I know. And we're talking about kindness and I'm laughter. To get you to convince people to put people's grocery carts away. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about your TED talk a little bit. Um, it was based on kindness. And why did you decide that that would be a good TED, TEDx talk? Well, I honestly saw the kind of upcoming TEDx uh, notifications going across our city's webpage or something. And I thought, oh, and this year I've been meaning to, you know, stretch myself and do some different things. Right. Um, And I kept putting it off. And then one day I thought, oh, gee, it's the deadline is tomorrow. So (laughs) I sat in my office and recorded my little video that I had to submit um, and that's what I do for work, really, is uh, the show I help produce is, is called Random Acts. It's about doing and promoting Random Acts of Kindness. And so that kind of became my um, my pitch, I guess, to the to the TEDx people, which is kind of weird that I'm telling you this. because, <laughs> Well, because it's just like I'm making it sound like it was an afterthought. 
like, I think I'm going to apply. And in a way, it kind of was like I kind of like I was surprised that they they let me come and do it, honestly, because I just it wasn't something I'd been developing for a long time. I really had to develop what I was going to talk about very specifically Mm -hmm. for the event. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, Corinne, who who knew really this was her life and she'd kind of done this style of presentation before. I'm squarely behind the camera, behind the, all the attention and just producing the show. And that's how I kind of get that message across. So it was very abnormal for me to, I don't know, put myself up on the stage intentionally. Right. Yeah. And it's pretty brave. Just, I feel almost bad that they selected me. It felt too <laughs> simple. I felt very lucky and very, it was like I threw it out there and it actually worked, which is maybe. A lesson to all of you listening. <laughs> exactly. Just throw it out throw there. Throw it out there. You never know what sticks. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think I felt the same way. I did a, an episode about my TEDx talk and just the the doubt and the imposter syndrome and how you just feel like they've made a mistake and why, <laughs> why am I here? And it, it really is a mental a mental thing. So going back to your, pot, your TEDx talk. So you talked about your show, Random Acts, and you had the audience in tears because it's such a beautiful concept just the idea of, of random acts of kindness. And you have seen some of the most beautiful examples of that. What are some things that you've seen over the, over the time you've done this show? <clears throat> well, the problem is I feel like we are all in a race to be the most angry or the most offended <laughs> or to brag about who, you know, it's like someone tells a story. Oh yeah. Well, yesterday uh, this happened to me. <laughs> right. I'm worse off than you. I was hit by a car twice. Yeah. Yesterday. It's like, I don't know why I, I blame the news and, Social media. I guess I'm in sure. my 40s, so I should yeah, blame social that's, media. That's right? what we do. Yeah. Rage um, against the machine. But it is true. I feel like we're on this race to see who can be the most miserable. Right. And so kindness just doesn't sell, I guess, as well on the news, mm-hmm. even though we are all super attracted to those feel good stories. You know, when I go to see the movie and it's a feel good movie or a movie with this uplifting you know, theme and a happy ending. We secretly all want that, but our little lizard brains always <laughs> go toward, you know, the negative. Right. I can't help but stare at the awful accident that I passed on the way here and the busted down power line pole with power lines across the <laughs> road. You know, everyone wants to see what's going on. Right. And yet we forget sometimes that it's those small acts of kindness that can repair all the negativity we decide to wallow in. I don't, I don't know really know where it comes from, but it sure is addictive. It is addictive and it's pervasive. You know, we can find it so easily if we're looking for that. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yes. And your phone feeds you what you look at, as you said on a recent podcast. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So it's, it has to be an intentional change in your own life and it's not hard. You just wake up and you can choose. You know, am I going to be angry at the first thing that goes wrong, that will go wrong? Or will I I just let it, you know, know, yep, this is the thing. This is life. My kid did not tell me about the homework that is (laughs) supposed to be done in 20 minutes from now. And that can really set the morning off and you set your kid's morning off and you're, and you're showing them and teaching them how to behave in the mornings instead of uh, giving them an example of, of happiness and positivity and, you know, life is full of life. So you're not going to not ever have crap to deal with. Yeah. It'll uh, always want to teach you something. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's yeah. great. So when you, how do you get, tell me a little bit about, for people who don't know, explain the format of your show. So Random Acts is a half hour unscripted show. So reality television to a degree. Right. It's all planned out, but all the surprises and the reveals are real. Those people have no idea that's coming. So basically in each episode, there are two segments, a short opening segment and then a longer main segment. The opening segment is usually some sort of fun, hidden camera, um, almost pranky style of segment. And it's supposed to exemplify to the audience the simple acts of kindness that you can do. The main segment is like we do one big thing for one family or one person. Um, And last season, for example, we took a quadriplegic shark diving in the Bahamas. Oh, wow. That had been Did he want to list. go shark diving? Yeah, that was a bucket list item for him. <laughs> okay, good. As Before as he was surprise, paralyzed. Yeah. you're going shark diving. And he didn't think he'd be able to do it um, once he was paralyzed. Right. And so we made that happen uh, for him. Wow. Um, and then a small kind of opening segment example is we have one host named Emily who is amazing. She can get anyone to do anything. And she was at a mall and was trying and pulled people into a store asking for their help uh, judging three different dresses that she was going to wear. Right. <laughs> and she came out in the most uh, eclectic, dare I say, ugly. Um, they were made out of, each dress was made out of two different prom dresses. Oh. Um, so they were pretty hideous. Right. And you wouldn't believe the people, people who would just, you can see it on their faces. They're like, oh my gosh, what if I got myself into? What do I say? But they found nice things to say and they tried to be supportive. Right. And then at the end, we revealed they're on a show and give them a, a prize. Right. And and recognize, you know, how kind they were to <laughs> pretend. Um, but that's, those are just a couple minutes long and they're really, they're really kind of funny and fun. Right. Um, but that's probably, in a way, it's... One of my favorite parts of the show because it is saying the simple things matter. Right. Not you don't have to go take someone's uh, shark diving or you know across you know, over to Europe or to Hawaii and make their dream come true to do a kind thing. There's plenty of opportunities every day. Yeah, and it's so interesting to me how just the little acts of kindness resonate so broadly. I mean, I think of the times people have been kind to me you know, not expecting people to respond to me that way and the lasting effect of that. And it makes you want to be kinder, makes you want to share that, pay it forward, that pay it forward kindness. Yeah. It's contagious for sure. Yeah. I talked about some of the science in my TEDx talk, but. So what is the science? You don't need an audit of that. It just feels good. It's just the right thing to do. And it does make you literally (laughs) chemically feel good and it reduces stress and it's, and it does all the. It gives you a little dopamine bump, the same as apparently scrolling on your phone does. But right. this is actually helpful to humanity. <laughs> and you can do it every day, and it's the little things, even just um, branching away from the normal idioms of conversation. You know, hi Perry, how are you? I'm well. Good. I'm how are you? Great. Okay. Bye. <laughs> exactly. um, you know, it can be simple. I tried it on the way here. I stopped to get this water here. The you know, lady that checked me out said, oh, hi, how are you? And instead of doing the normal, I was like, yeah, hey, what's going on? <laughs> you know, and it's silly, but it was like, she just brightened a little bit. She's like, oh, someone who's not saying the script. Yeah. Um, having just a real conversation. And we all know what's real and what's kind of pleasantry. Sure. And so that's the simplest 
you know, opportunity. Every time I go to Costco or a grocery store, I just try to find someone who's just about downloading their their cart up. And as I'm walking, it's not even an act of kindness. I just got a cart. Right. And I just got it from someone else <laughs> instead of the rack. Exactly. But it lights them up just a little bit because yeah. they don't have to take the cart back. It's right. a win-win. And now they're leaving, you know, what can be arguably a very stressful Definitely, absolutely. At Costco a large is warehouse store. Insane. Um, with like a little high note. Um, they didn't have to leave their stuff baking in the car while they go find a place to return their cart. So I think the small things will, will change the world, really, I, if we all yeah. just concentrate on that a little bit instead of, you know, how bad all the drivers are around us. Yeah, exactly. Where our kids don't yeah, even, even being kind that way, you know, letting cars merge in front of you, you know, giving space between cars so they can cut in and out because they I do. I, listen, I am a I am a sinner when it comes to driving <laughs> for sure, but you're totally right. Just if you just go out with the mentality of I'm just gonna let everyone in. Yeah, exactly. It's not a race. It yeah. doesn't save me. I'm any gonna time. get there. I'm gonna make me maybe you know stop a crash from happening. I'm I can be kind. And that's been my goal the last few years, especially since COVID, is I'm going to be unconditionally kind. And it's a hard, it's, it's not been a hard thing to do, especially when you have people who intentionally poke at you to see if that's a real thing. And it's, it's been, I've seen times when I want, when I don't want to be kind, because it's, it's easy not to be. It's easy to you know, fall back on just ignoring what's going on and just walking past and it really takes an effort to look for those ways to be kind. Is there a way that you can train your brain to be kinder? Well, I know you had a law of attraction episode recently. And it really is what you think about. Yeah. And it's so easy to think about the drama and who in your family has <laughs> said something dumb or offensive. Um, I like the um, the quote by... Uh, Epictetus. I'm kind of into Stoic philosophy. Nice. And someone once told him when a friend criticized that a, a friend had criticized Epictetus, and he responded, "If that person really knew me and my flaws, they'd have said something much, much worse." <laughs> and that's a great perspective. <laughs> and on top of that, Marcus Aurelius, um, I think it was him. He said something along the lines of, "Like, well." If someone says something bad about you and you don't know about it, then you live life as you normally would. Right. If someone says something bad and someone tells you about it, mm-hmm. now you have a choice, right? You can be offended and mad and angry, or you can exist had you not heard about it. You were existing right. before you heard just about fine. it, just fine. So it's possible in a world where someone had said something <laughs> bad about Perry, which is hard to imagine, oh, it's, it's um, easy to imagine, that you can live on and choose to live on. It is your choice. You've just been given more information, yeah. but your reaction is your choice. Yeah. And, the, and your reaction really dictates your mindset. And if you choose to let those kinds of things tank your energy, tank your your faith in fellow man, whatever it is it's going to be, I mean, you, you're going to spread that too. It's, it's a contagion. And it's what you talk about, and it's how you direct the conversations in your life. I've been trying to ask my kids each night, what was the best part of today? What right. was the hardest part of today? What was the kindest thing someone did for you today? What was the kindest thing you did for someone today? And I hope that eventually, if they get annoyed enough, they'll start thinking <laughs> about it during the day, and then they'll start looking for those opportunities. And how old are your, so your kids? So they'll have an answer. Nine and five. Oh, wow. 
fun so, ages. And yeah. that's such a great opportunity for, for them to learn. And kids that age love being kind. They love yes. the opportunity yeah. to do something nice for other people. Yeah, I mentioned in my talk uh, that I was taking my boy around to do Christmas neighbor gift deliveries. Oh, yeah. And at the end of the last house or thereabouts, he he looked up, up at me and he goes, oh, dad, I love doing this. I feel so good right now. <laughs> so and cool. he's just literally like, there's no filter. It's just coming out yeah. of his mouth. And it's true. Yeah. It does feel good. Yeah. They love doing things for, for people. And you hope they keep that that feeling with them as they grow up and they want to continue doing kind things. I know we did those kind of things when my daughters were little. We'd um, deliver surprise presents to people on Christmas. We'd leave money for people or food. And they loved it. They absolutely loved it. They'd say, can we do it again? It's like, well, we do have a limited amount of resources, but we can do it as often as we can because it changes the world in ways you, you never even know. You don't mm-hmm. see the ramifications of your actions. No. No, and doing it with some anonymity is important as well. And why do you think that's important? Well, it's easy to, if you get the praise in the moment. That's you, true. It's kind of a quid pro quo, yeah. quote, you know, so. Look how good I am. I just did this yes, nice thing. and they said thank you, and they, you know, and they. And they cried. And they and cried <laughs> instead of just, I think the real, you know, real kindness is doing it without any expectation of right. acknowledgement or, you know, would you give $1,000 to someone if they don't know it's coming from you. Right. I would. That means I have a thousand dollars to give. Yeah, <laughs> so no. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that's that's a great way of looking at it. I, yeah, I think we get caught up a lot in the in the wanting of the praise. You know, look look what a good person I am. I mm-hmm. did this for this person. And you have to be willing to do it without the recognition. And that's a hard balance, especially on the show, because we're we are doing we are making a TV show, mm-hmm. but we are also trying to do a nice and a kind thing. Thing, right. Or provide someone with an experience that they can look back on with kind of a, a positive, uplifting kind of recharge. And oh, remember when this happened, like yeah. my dream came true. We, we try not to give so many gifts as we do kind of experiences that they can always look back on. Right. But it is certainly a balance because we are trying to create emotion mm-hmm. for the person we're surprising and for the audience. Right. And it is a delicate balance because sometimes I feel like we are doing too much filming and not enough experience, uh, letting the person experience what we've, you know, set up. Right. You don't want to manipulate what the people are <clears throat> we watching. We have to get the show at the end of the day, but you want them to have, you know, a, a proper experience as well. Right. And going back to that, the idea of, you know, an- anonymity, do you think, because I, I remember when my kids were little and they were making me really angry like I had to walk away. I would think at yeah, the time, Dr. Phil was huge. He had a mm-hmm. huge TV show. I thought, I'm going to imagine that Dr. Phil has cameras all over my house. <laughs> so I cannot beat my kids on camera. And so it kept me sane. It kept me kind. It kept me, kept me talking nice. So even mm-hmm. if the fact that you are filming their reaction, they might go into a situation thinking, hey, maybe I'm being filmed right now. <laughs> maybe I should mm-hmm. act like I'm being filmed, which I think we all should. Because I think we all are being filmed with our big brother society we have now. You never know when they're going to catch you on camera being a complete jerk mm-hmm. when you could have chosen not to well, be. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good, I think that's a very good way to live. Mm. So tell me about the people that you've worked with on your show. What kind of feedback have you gotten from them about the acts of kindness, how they've affected their lives? You know, it's a job for a lot of people, for sure. sure. But yet I am constantly surprised by the reactions of, of the camera operators and 
the sound mixers and even the hosts who are doing it as a job and they might show up on the day because it's the job. Sure. But by the end of the day, it's just this, you know, emotional outpouring, gratitude because they've experienced something super uplifting and positive. They've seen a little change in someone's life and they are like, wow, I can't believe this is my job. Right. And we can we can do it in our own lives as well. If we if we look for the opportunities, you don't have to be paid to do it. I'm lucky to be paid to be kind. <laughs> um, but so it's hard in real life. <laughs> it's hard. You know, it's like... You say kindness is hard. You say, yeah, you say it's hard. Well, I used to make movies for fun, right? In junior high, when I started getting interested in this field, I'd make movies for fun. And the second it became a job, it's... I'm not making just little short films on the weekend for fun because mm-hmm. I do it all week. And now I'm kind of designing kindness experiences all year for other people. And I'm naturally kind of introverted and and I'm fine to kind of be on my own and enjoy my own company and I can relax and recharge that way. So I can easily go into the public sphere, restaurants or stores and just kind of be put my earphones in and just, you know, ignore the world for sure. So it really, it's hard because the world is fighting against you and you have to find the opportunities. You have to look for them. You have to make it a habit just as it's a habit for you to pull out your phone in the morning or when you have, you know, one second of boredom creeping up upon you, (laughs) Right. you can make it a habit to always respond with kindness, to drive with kindness, to be kind to your kids, to uh, look very proactively, be kind. It doesn't Diminish the kindness to, um, to kind of be scheduled about it. I've mentioned in my TEDx talk that I like birthdays. I like to wish people a happy birthday. And someone mentions it in a casually in a conversation. I'll just note it in my in my contacts. It'll pop up on my calendar. And you know, it's just a text. For most people, just get a text. You know, some people are at phone call level. Right. Um, you have the different levels. <laughs> uh, some people are text, but a text means a lot more than someone clicking it on Facebook. Or, sure. Yeah. Just like in the like Oh, button. Facebook says it's someone's birthday today. Let me press the button. <laughs> um, it just shows that little bit of extra, you know, love. And that's some of the planned kindness that I do. Mm-hmm. I love giving like good gifts. So I try to pay attention throughout the year to the people that I'm going to eventually need to give gifts to for mm-hmm. holidays or birthdays and try to nail it. And it just requires a little jot down, a little note taken down on your phone and on what I would give someone. So it's very, it's a very conscious effort, but it does take effort to do that. You know, you get to Christmas, it's like, I don't know what to get any of these people, but if you'd been listening all year, you know, you have an idea. Yeah. Anything that's cool in life takes effort, right? Yeah. I mean, I've heard that. If you want a six pack, then it takes effort not to shove the donut in my mouth. (laughs) which I so desperately want to, but it will become habitual. You know, you can create that piece of you. It's not too late. If you're angry and grumpy and mad at the world, it just takes a little bit each day. It can start with a smile or holding open the door or the good old grocery cart uh, example. And just before you fall asleep, say, okay, what kind thing did I do today? Mm. And... If you keep not having an answer for that, then hopefully you'll start looking for the opportunity so you will. I love the, the idea that you check in at night, maybe with your partner, maybe with your kids and say, hey, what did I do nice today? What did you do nice today? 
and having that conversation, which can really, you know, spur other ideas. You know, I think we have this idea in our head that if we want to, you know, um, commit a random act of kindness, it has to be this huge momentous yeah, thing. No. And it's not, it's just the small things that make such a difference. I know, like you say, you've talked, you talk to people in the grocery store. We talk to the cashiers all the time. We have conversations, you know, where are you going to school? How long have you been working here? And it's, they light up because mm -hmm. I think part of the kindness is that people feel seen. And I think people feel so invisible right now that any kind of connection, any kind of visibility is like, um, like a Christmas tree lighting up. No, hundred percent. Imagine scanning groceries all day and then someone comes up and says they like something about yeah, you. It's like, hey, you scan person. those groceries really good. Or even like if you love the shirt they're wearing genuinely yeah, or a piece yeah. of their jewelry or their hair or their glasses. It's like if you legitimately love it yeah, and like it, yeah. all you have to do is say it. Yeah, don't you have to, don't have to make things yeah, up. Don't have to lie. It doesn't have to be a lie. Yeah, find something you you know you, your hair looks great today, or yeah. you know you you bag those groceries like a professional. I mean, this is why I don't use the automatic grocery <laughs> machines because you are much better, and exactly. I like you, and, and I screw you it up. Don't every make time. me angry. <laughs> I mean, it takes such it takes such small amount of time to to be kind, and we think we're all so busy, and we all have all these. We have our to-do list and our busy list, which gives us validation that if we're busy, we must be valuable. But, you know, sometimes just putting that down and just walking through a park and seeing somebody. And, you know, I've told people before, there was a lady at the park playing with her daughter. And I told her, I said, I love watching you play with your daughter. I said, it just makes me so happy to see how engaged you are with her. And she was just beaming. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that to make myself, oh, Perry, no, you're no, such no. a good person. But... I mean, just things like that, that you see every day that people never comment on. Like, you know, I love that you read books. I love that you are, you know, a, a musician, you know, your musician touches people and your music touches people. And we just don't, we just don't take the time to do it. No. And you have time. Yeah. You do. Just look at how much you used your phone at the end of the day and tell me <laughs> you didn't have time. I was in the dentist this morning and I had left my phone in the car. And you were like itchy. I know. Like, it's yeah. like, I'm looking around, like, is there a magazine? Is there something I can do with my hands? It's like, I, I uh, it's... doctor, this one's foaming at the mouth. <laughs> She's really anxious, which I was, but I also didn't have my phone, which was, it was fun. I just sat there, looked around, sat in dread for a while. And then they called me in, but yeah, <laughs> it's so interesting. Your, your reaction that you have when you don't have your phone. We don't know how to be bored. We don't. And boredom is such a, a venue for creativity. I mean, that's where imagination comes from. Oh, yeah. I listen yeah. to my daughter downstairs doing the whole make-believe world. And, yeah, it's wonderful. And, you know, yakking up a storm with all of her <laughs> dolls or whatever she's playing with. And it brings me no end of delight to, yeah. to hear that happening. And I think you really have to use your imagination to be kind, to kind of go out of the box to say, you know, what can I really do to make an impact on this person's life? Maybe it's a, a friend who's struggling. You know, I've got a, um, a daughter who's in a, a hard spot right now. And I think, hey, what mm. can I do just to let her know I see her? I love her. I'm thinking about her and it doesn't take, doesn't take much. No, it's so easy today as well. Yeah. Cause you can just drop a text and say, Hey, you shared, <laughs> you confided in me a couple a month ago that you were struggling. How are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Don't have to beat her in the bush. Everyone's so nervous to talk about. Anything. I know. They're also they're worried about sensitivity. Am I going to hurt their feelings? Like, ah, just do what feels right. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. If you are honest with yourself, you'll find the opportunities. They're all around you all day long. I mean, how good do you feel when someone gives you that thank you wave? Yeah. You know, or let you into you, traffic. When you, when you let them into traffic and they, they give you that wave. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the nice silent 
you know, thank you for not making me get stuck here yeah. in my car. Yeah, and I have to say, I do get a little pissed if they don't wave. Oh, yeah, I'm, no, I'm one way. of those people. I'm being nice, but you better wave at me. <laughs> at least look at me with some sort of a. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. My wife will always be, I'll be going fast on the freeway and I'm rolling down the window to, to yeah. wave at someone. Yeah, I try, because, to, I try to respond to let people yeah, know, hey, I, I noticed. Thank you. Yeah. So, what has been the biggest act of kindness in your life that resonated for you? That someone did for me? Yeah, someone did for you. It could be a partner, a child. You know, a you parent, warned me about this one. And I it's, did. It's you... always hard to recollect there's so many small things i think that get lost in the in the fog of life but the one i thought of and i go to a lot because i'm eternally grateful for is back when i was in my early 20s when young men appear to have to wear the mantle of serial bachelor and <laughs> and uh and you know non-commitment uh trophies and all that I was dating this wonderful girl and we were kind of stuck and we didn't know what was going to, you know, happen. And one of my friends at church was at, you know, he asked me, he came up, Oh, how's it going with, uh, with your girlfriend? And I said, I don't know, man, I don't know what to do. I, I just feel, I feel torn. And he just goes, Oh, well, man, second Timothy one, seven, second Timothy one, seven. Which is obviously from the Bible. And right. It says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Mm. And I realized I was operating out of a position of fear, which I don't believe comes from a good space. Sure. And that I needed to just kind of get a move on. And now we've been married for <laughs> over a decade with... Two children. So. That's what happens. <laughs> and I don't know what would have happened if I didn't have that little kick right. in the butt because I was convincing myself to be who knows what. Right. I don't know why do young men not get married when they should. I, I think it's fear sure, for the most part. Absolutely, yeah. And I think he just, he wouldn't even remember that. I think he flippantly threw that out as a, a little piece of a little nugget of unsolicited advice. Right. And but it's stuck with you all these years. And voila. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's an important um important life or uh thing to live by in life. You know, it's a mantra, a rule. If you're operating from a fear based space, you need to reevaluate. Yeah. And that's my whole podcast is moving away from fear and toward love. And I think kindness is one of the biggest tools to do yeah, that. Yeah, it's an action, right? It's yeah. not it's not a feeling. Mm-hmm. It can't be. I never thought about away that. Yeah, I never feeling thought. Like, yeah, I never thought. Yes, let's move toward love. Whatever we what define that, that is. Vague, which is that good. Vague ethereal. Which is, we all know what it is. Sure. Right? We've, those of us with children have felt that capacity expand yeah. when a child is born. We've, we've felt it toward maybe another human or a parent or a sibling. But love is not always a verb. Right. You know? can also be a noun whereas mm-hmm. kindness i think is well it's it's a verb most of the time as it should be yeah i think it's something that should be shared and given and received and not just thought about right so so what would you say to people who are listening to this who have never really thought about and hopefully there's nobody out there that's doing this but have never thought about performing acts of kindness what's what's a good place an easy place for them to start that because it can it get you out of your comfort zone a little bit to approach people, to talk to people, to say something, to do something. How do you get past that initial, you know, it's really none of my business or maybe I'm reading more into this than I should be. 
Because you always, you always doubt yourself when you think you need to do a kindness. It's like, uh, but do I? Well, I think just think about your day. Say, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning or I'm going to, before I go to bed, I'm going to think about my next full day. I'm going to see all the things I'm going to do. Or I'm going to go to the office. I'm not really going to see anyone there because, you know, maybe you're self-employed. But I'm going to go out to lunch. <laughs> and I'm going to do all these things tomorrow and just say, okay, at this location, I'll do this thing. Hmm. But even that's overcomplicating it too. It's just like, you know, just, just wave at someone, smile at someone, start really small, get a reaction, mm-hmm. a little dopamine, you know, hit, uh, flooding your brain. And, and then at the end of the night, just say, okay, did I, or you can, yeah, you can plan to get specific. Say, yeah, get, you know, you're in your car right now listening to the podcast. Just go to the parking <laughs> lot of a grocery store and, and help somebody. <laughs> just take someone's cart. Just go take someone. Just spy them out. And when they're done, you walk up and take it. That's say, right. can I take this for you? It's not like they're going to say no. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, mean, I'm taking it home with me. You're like, yeah. no, I'm going to put it away myself. Thank you. And if they do, I then you kindness. can congratulate yourself on finding that diamond in the rough. Right. So <laughs> it's really, I think kindness is so easy. It becomes hard. Mm-hmm. It's all over, so we never see it. Oh, that's interesting. We, we're so, we're so addicted to the phones. We're so overscheduled that it's easy to just focus on ourselves on the next thing, and it just mm-hmm. takes ten or fifteen seconds here or there to get you out of that that kind of cycle of of life and make and remind you that there are other people who are also hurting mm-hmm. and who are also struggling with life and a little, a little thing can, a little act of kindness can change everything. Yeah. Which is the story I also told in my TEDx talk is um, about a woman named Pamela who, who saved someone's life because she gave him a hug. Hmm. I mean. And what, just share the story for people who haven't seen your TED talk. Well, the short version is, she does yearly Christmas meals um, for the homeless population in Salt Lake City, Utah. And one day she was shaking hands with, with people as they walked in. Uh, a couple weeks later, this gentleman came back and said, I came to your Christmas dinner. I was planning on it to be my last meal. I was going to eat and go get drunk and lay down on the train tracks. Mm. But I came into that dinner and you shook my hand or hugged me. I can't recall at the moment. But you touched me. And no one had touched me, physically touched me, in over a year. Wow. And I thought, gee, if this woman can stand to touch me, then maybe I should keep on living a little longer. And then she proceeded to help him get into a home and get a job. And and that was just from a touch, from being willing to touch another human not in some creepy, crazy way, but right, just like, just with kindness. you know, you think about how many times have you been touched today? Right. On the back, a hug. I was at the dentist, so. You know, at the dentist. <laughs> I hugged you when I came in here. You did, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, we don't, we take that for granted. Yeah. But this guy had been, had repulsed people with his homelessness, apparently. So much so that people couldn't even see him. My. And I think that's tragic and Pamela is is amazing. She teaches to Pamela always, is incredible. Pamela Atkinson, yeah. yeah, she's a legend in Utah. She says, she says, you know, don't give people money with the cardboard signs, but always 
look at them mm-hmm. and see them and smile at them yeah. and wave to them. And if you do try to help them and give them something they need, you know, shoes and socks or food for food. their animals mm-hmm. or food for them. Um, and she's amazing. She's pure love, right? Her habit is kindness. That's all she does yeah. all day. She's dedicated her life to it. So I'm sure it is going to come more naturally to her than it will be to someone who's, you know, grumpy and stressed and just trying to survive. It's harder. Yeah. I get it. It's hard for me. And I'm it's your very job. focused. I'm focused. I'm like, I did all this kindness last week. I just need to chill out and I don't want to talk to anybody. I think the grumpy you, you are, the more you have to go do some kindness for somebody because it's, it will change your, it, it benefits your both of you. Yeah. You both get, yeah. Use it as a selfish thing. Like I, I feel like crap. Yeah, start, I need to go help somebody right start now. Start from a place of selfishness. This Absolutely. is a great idea. I mean, I want to feel good. I want dopamine. It's not from my phone. That's right. I'm going to go help somebody. Dang it. Yeah. So. You know, and a lot of, so much of it, of, of kindness is the awareness, you know, the awareness of the other people around you. And that's a practice too, just seeing, you know, seeing where, where you can step in or seeing uh, the person who could use a hug or could use a granola bar. You know, we we live so much of our life with our blinders on, just focused on moving forward that we don't take the time to look around and see the opportunities around us, which are numerous, numerous. Yeah. And I think your question is good. And I wish I had more concrete answer. I think that's why it's hard when you're at, when you ask like, Oh, how can you you know do more kindness mm-hmm. in your life? Mm-hmm. It's almost so easy that it's hard to answer because mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know, have a real conversation with the next, you know, clerk or barista or whoever you interact yeah. with or attendant. Um, tell the pilot, nice landing. Tell, you can do things that are not normal in your life, but they're small and they're easy. Yeah. And I should come up with a better answer than that. I think that's what drew me to the, the TEDx um, platform opportunity is because it was kind of forcing me to dial in some of that uh, specificity and how to be more kind. Right. And they gave really, you know, it's a process and you go and you and you tell it to the group, the board or whatever you call the people who, who put on the event. And they gave really great notes and they really helped clarify what I was trying to say. And, right. and I, I'm very grateful for that because I do think of it, I think in a clearer way, even though I'm just rambling here. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. It puts things into focus and you can see things other people might see that you haven't been able to see that you can help. It makes you more effective. Yeah. You just have to look for it. Yeah. Commit to it a little bit. Just like I'm committing to go to the gym. That means I have to get dressed and get my car and go <laughs> right. do something. It's like, Kindness is at every step of every, you don't have to make a special trip for it. You can, but it, the opportunities are every, every place you go that allows you to interact with another human. Yeah. Is, and my, I know my granddaughter, she's, she's so outgoing. You have grandchildren? Oh my gosh. I have 12 grandchildren. You weren't kidding about not being in your drink. 40s? I, thought, I am not kidding. Oh my gosh. Cheers mm. to that. This needs to be not, not water. <laughs> but my granddaughter, she just turned six and she lived with us for a while with her mom. And her brother, and she loves our neighbor across the street. And every time she sees her outside, she's like, "Oh, I need to go say hi to my neighbor. Say hi to Vicky." Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, "Oh, that means I got to get my shoes on. I got to go out <laughs> cross, help you cross the street." And I'm like, "Ram, ram, 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 ram." She's like, "So excited just to go say hi." And so we go over across the street, and and Vicky is just thrilled oh, that, yeah. that Sonia thought of her. Like, "Oh, you know, I'd love to have." She brought her in, gave her a popsicle, gave her some fruit snacks, all kinds of sugary stuff, and. Mm. And she just loved that Sonia took the time just to come say hi. And, and I think I, I would have talked her out of that if I had let my you know, tiredness or my mind get in the 100%. way. 100%. Yeah. And you think, how often do I talk myself out of kindness because I'm so 
lazy. It just takes took. I just had to walk across the street, and it made both of their days. Oh, and I watched that and thought, it's I'm so such a horrible easy. person. I am the worst. I'll be traveling in some cool place, and I'll be like, maybe I'll just stay in the hotel and watch Netflix <laughs> because I'm just. You know, awful. I'm like, <laughs> I'm awful. oh, so I should go. Yeah, I'm in New York. I should go to this something or other. And it's like, no, I'm just gonna sit here and be dull. Um, you know, that is a piece of me and who I am, which is fine. I think we're all but like it's that like too. you have to, you do have to put the shoes on sometimes. Yeah, and walk across, and walk the, across street. the street. Yeah, yeah. It's not that. It's not that much, really. It, it's nothing. It Your is effort nothing. versus her reward. Oh yeah, was was not balanced. Yeah, in, it was skewed, incomparable in a good way. Yeah. Incomparable? I don't know how to say that word. I don't know. I think that's right. That sounds right. <laughs> Any last words of wisdom that you have for us about kindness that I haven't even thought to ask you about? Um, no, but I couldn't help myself, so I, I brought you. <laughs> I was thinking about all. I was thinking about all this, and um, first I brought you this. Oh my gosh! Have you read this before? No, this it's is, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. So I will love this. This is the the Roman Empire emperor who um, was kind of a stoicism apologist or, you know, practice stoicism. Right, right. These are his musings that he wrote his, his to himself. So it was never meant wow. for publication. Here's one. Take care that you don't treat inhumanity as it treats human beings. It's not so much, what? I mean, you got to just kind of go through. It's, yeah. not a, it's, not a, it's not a novel, but God, I love that. you Thank can you really so go through and there's nuggets, uh, galore in there. Yeah, I might just have to read this for my next podcast. Um, sit down, people. I'm going to read from Meditations. My favorite quote is, I think it's the uh, the impediment to action advances action. Hmm. What stands in the way becomes the way. Wow. It's um, very zen. So you can, the obstacles in your life aren't maybe preventing you as much as you think. Right. They could actually be helping you. Wow. Um, like, like every obstacle is a detour in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is the classic... Um, oh, thank you so much. I haven't read this thinketh. one either. As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. So actually, it's such a short book that it actually has, I think, a second of his books in there. The As a <laughs> Man Thinketh part one. is just, is so short. But I remember when I first read this in the very front here, there's this quote. Uh, and if you know me, you know how much I love books. I did. I, I, I caught that pretty quickly books. on your podcast. Um, Mind is the master power that molds and makes. And man is mind, and evermore he takes the tool of thought, and shaping what he wills brings forth a thousand joys, a thousand ills. He thinks in secret, and it comes to pass. Environment is but his looking glass. So this was kind of like your law of attraction episode a little bit. but mm -hmm. That's perfect. Brings forth a thousand joys and a thousand ills. If you do anything in life, you're going to get both. Right. Well, thank you so much. That's a perfect way to end this segment. And thank you for what you do with your show Keep it up. I'm big fan of what you do. And thank you. thank you for sharing kindness. Thanks for being here, Tom. Thanks for having me. And You're thanks welcome. for listening, everybody. Love you all. And I will talk to you soon. To continue your journey toward love and connection, follow me at Life and Laughter Coaching on Instagram and Facebook. 